it was funny because I got into CrossFit about 10 months after my, my paralyzing accident. And it was interesting that as I, I really didn't know anybody else in a wheelchair. Right. And so as I got to know other people in my same situation, there was these natural conversations of just, you know, navigating daily life. And I would say things, you know, I do this or I do that. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? Like you, you can like just multiple times get in and out of your chair and get down on the ground and then get back in easily. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a normal thing. No. And because I found out I had this fundamental independence and strength that I had built through the CrossFit methodology that was allowing me more independence that these guys even understood was possible. Welcome to the Bar Ben Podcast, where we talk to the smartest coaches, athletes, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to someone with a pretty interesting background in athletics. Let me tell you, Jedediah Snelson got his start as a pro motocross racer. Then he transitioned to being a strength and conditioning coach for action sports athletes. So if you ever needed to know how to prepare the body for a 35-minute motocross race, Jedediah is the person to talk to. After a paralyzing accident some years ago that left him dependent on a wheelchair, Jedediah turned to CrossFit to satisfy his competitive urges and also to live a more independent, healthier lifestyle. Now, he's one of the most elite, most competitive, seated, adaptive CrossFitters in the world. We talk about a lot in this podcast. We talk about connections between CrossFit and action sports, training the body for the rigors across both types of athletic endeavors. We talk about the past, present, and future of adaptive athletics, and we talk about why Jedediah continues to compete at such a high level into his 40s, and frankly, how he's able to keep up with some of the top CrossFitters from any division. He's a super interesting guy. He's got a truly fascinating story, and I hope you get a lot out of this podcast. I sure did. Now let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, for those who aren't really sure who you are and might be new to following you on social or just listening to this podcast and discovering you through the Barbend podcast, give us a background. Who is Jed? Come on. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, David. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Well, let's right? start like... with that. Let's start with athletic <laughs> background. That's let's narrow okay. it down. Let's not get too existential here. Sorry about that. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, Played a lot of sports growing up, dabbled here and there, but always excelled in individual sports. I did wrestling at a high level for a while. I uh, started when I was four years old, worked up through that, was really good in track in, in high school and whatnot, and then um, found motorcycle racing. So I raced uh, motocross, and uh, which is uh, closed course dirt bikes on, um, on, dirt, on dirt tracks with obstacles and whatnot. And then I also raced supercross or arena cross. I did that. I did, that was the main sport that I, I've done the longest. I was involved in motocross, supercross for 17 years. I raced oh, wow. five professionally as a minor league athlete. And then when I retired from, from um, my racing, I transitioned into being a strength and conditioning coach at the highest level in that sport. So I traveled the, the pro circuit um, at the major league level, worked with some of the factory riders. I did that for... On the pro circuit, I did it for four years. I did a total of 12 working with different athletes, coaching, coaching them and working with them um, at various levels. Uh, you know, guys that race the Canadian nationals, um, guys that were the highest level of, as amateurs, getting them ready to go pro, um, all, all those kind of things. 
And then when I got injured, uh, when I had my accident on a dirt bike um, that paralyzed me, that's when I found CrossFit. It started out just as, as a way to get myself healthy again, get back in shape. Um, I actually had some other goals, but, uh, you know, I did my first open, which was, was technically not even, uh, it was ran by Wheelwad. Chris Stoutenberg had kind of, we did a spreadsheet in 2015 to track everybody and he, he adapted the workouts. Uh, it was just the seated division at that point that, because that's, he's in a wheelchair. So that's all he knew at that point. <laughs> and, uh, but that first open, I was hooked and I was like, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. This is my sport. And, uh, I just really, uh, got bit with the bug with that one attended the first wheel wad games, which was our first version of the CrossFit games in 2016. Again, it was only the seated division at that time, but it quickly developed 2017. There was other divisions and it's just kind of taken off since there. Oh, I'm, I'm curious. You, you were a strength and conditioning coach for motocross. Are you still an active strength and conditioning coach today or has your, your day job and career transitioned away from that. So funny you should bring that up because I did. Um, I got really serious into CrossFit in 2018. I I stopped really coaching at that point. I didn't really have time because I really wanted to. I'm older. I'm I'll be 43 next month, and I knew even at, at um, in 2018 I did not have a whole lot of time, and I wanted to give all my energy to being not only a serious athlete as far as a CrossFit Games athlete, but also um, to do my best to be an ambassador for the sport on the athlete side. There's a lot of people that are trying to, you know, educate people from the gym side or from the coach side. I wanted to be an ambassador for the athlete side where I could really help like athletes grow and, and, um, and understand what it took to be, you know, a, a high, a high level adaptive athlete, really build a platform for that. So I quit coaching for a while, but actually I'm in the process of talking to some people. I want to start not only um, coaching some some uh, uh, action sports athletes again. I, I I did primarily work in motocross, supercross prior, but I'd also, I also I worked with X Games athletes. I worked with some MMA fighters um, on their very similar right um, as far as the the demand and the requirements for the strength and conditioning program. And now with my knowledge in CrossFit and being you know involved in the level that I've been for a long time, I want to start working with um, some, some elite CrossFit athletes, both able body and adaptive, um, and, start, and start really pursuing coaching again. So you're trying to synthesize your knowledge and experience across these different modalities now and kind of come back to that as far as coaching. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of knowledge that I've gained, uh, that I've been blessed to gain through working in action sports that I think applies to CrossFit, and I, and especially from the mentality side, and I want to be able to share that um with athletes talk, talk about some of those things some of the aspects we, we talk a lot about on this podcast when i talk to crossfit athletes and coaches about oh you know crossfit can teach you things about how to train athletes for this sport or how to train athletes for this sport but we don't often talk about the other way around we don't often talk about what knowledge and experience at a high level in other sports can bring to crossfitters um the implications or lessons for high level crossfit athletes coaching so i'm curious about your perspective there I think the biggest thing that, that I've learned is that it, it really comes down to the mentality side to really, you know, on strategically building the right mentality around execution. You know, that, that is such a big thing in, in, uh, racing, um, that you have these guys that on, uh, on a, any given, uh, training day, 
they're as fast as, you know, they're the fastest. But then when it comes to execution on a race day, when everything's on the line, there's a lot of struggle there, right? Like I've, I worked with these guys that they were the fastest day in and day out on the practice track and, um, and just couldn't, just couldn't execute that or, or transition that fully to having that same success uh, during a race with all the other pressures that come about and whatnot. And so I really think between me working with those athletes prior between my own racing and then what I've learned competing at a high level in CrossFit, uh, that I've been able to kind of transition some of that in, into learning how to really build strategies around execution when it comes to competition. The other thing is, is that, you know, motocross kids that race dirt bikes, motocross, it, it's a different mentality from any other sport. The, the amount of suffering involved, like obviously there's a high level of suffering in CrossFit, right? Crossfitters as well are, are built differently in, in how they know how to hang on to that barbell or, or, you know, just push themselves a little bit harder than, than the average person would think, you know, they need to motocross has that, that suffering level higher than anybody. Um, you know, will even when I was racing professionally, you do, you know, two 35 minute motos on a track that is ever changing is, I mean, you're talking, you know, anywhere from six to 12 inch ruts, um, that you're trying to navigate, um, breaking bumps that go from, you know, six inches going into a corner that by the end of the day, they can be as, you know, if the track's soft enough, they'll get as deep as two feet. Oh, just, just from them kind of getting dug out by laps and laps and laps. Okay. Exactly. And then you're doing this in, you know, a hundred plus degree heat, like I said, twice for 35 minutes. And, you know, you, you, you compare it to CrossFit, you, you put a workout together, like double unders and toes to bar and that grip gets smoked. Right. And for a while you just, your forearms get so locked up that you're like, I can't hang on anymore. Well, that same thing with the roughness of a track and, and nerves can happen on a moto. You can get 10 minutes into a moto and your forearms are locked up and you feel like you can't hang on. But there's this mentality in that sport that, you know, I would have that happen and it's not like, oh, well, I better pull over and shake my arms out. Like that doesn't exist. You just, okay, well, this is going to suck, but I have to ride it out. And you just continue to hang on whether you feel like you can or not. And so that's really, that's really helped me in CrossFit as well, where other guys are like, I can't hang on to this barbell anymore. You know, it's like, no, you can, <laughs> it's just going to suck. And so there's a lot of that mentality that translates into CrossFit where, you know, with, with learning proper breathing techniques, with learning proper mental strategies, you can do a lot more than you can. And, and a lot of that knowledge is based on what I did in, in racing. Let's talk about some of the physical demands that you, when you were coaching, and I guess might be coaching it again, mm -hmm. that you're preparing action sport athletes for, specifically when it comes to motocross. It's a lot like doing... Um, a longer Metcon, right? Like a, uh, uh, like a Murph or something like that, where not only do you have these high demands on the body physically and, and cardiovascularly, but you also have this, this high level of endurance that you just have to hang on, you know, doing these motos for 35 minutes on these rough tracks. And, and there's not really a set position, right? Like that's, that's the other thing is that it's just overall, like, building those fast twitch mu muscle fibers and whatnot so that you can flow with the bike. You know, there's a lot of uh, reflexive response with racing where the, the bike, because of the weight and the, and the engine power and, and the different obstacles that you're being thrown all over the place. And you have to naturally one physically be able to keep up with that, but two also be able to kind of flow with it, that you're not fighting the bike. You're not trying to muscle it too much where 
um, you're, you're really overtaxing yourself because you're trying to hang on too tight or you're trying to manipulate the bike instead of being in this position where you can kind of flow with it mm. um, and just naturally um, let yourself go with where the bike goes. And that doesn't, that doesn't combat you, if that makes sense. There's a lot of that coincides with, with CrossFit in the sense that the way I would train athletes um, was very similar to CrossFit in that it was uh, a lot of constantly varied high intensity movement. We tend to use a little lighter weights mm. because we didn't have to be as strong as a CrossFit athlete. In fact, putting on too much muscle could, could fatigue, you know, in trying to um, fuel those muscles, you know, it could become too demanding for the longer duration period of, of what we were doing racing. But the, the longer Metcons, uh, we did a lot of that. Um, what, what I tell people is, is it, was, it looked very similar to CrossFit, but the difference was it was lighter weight and a higher level of coordination and balance. So, you know, we would do, we would do kettlebell movements, we would do dumbbell movements, but I would, I would literally train my guys doing these standing on a plyometric ball, a stability ball, a full one. So we're doing squats or, or kettlebell, light kettlebell snatches while balancing on a stability ball. Um, in the middle of the circuit. And it would just kind of bring all those fast twitch reflexive muscles into it while having this high physical demand and um, in preparing them to be able to flow with the bike more while getting that conditioning done. And then we did most of our endurance work was involved with actually like practicing on the, on the bike and, and, you know, putting in the motos during the week and whatnot on the bike, as well as the gym work. Let's talk a little bit, or at least go back to you as an okay. athlete. How Quickly after, or what kind of, in what kind of time frame after your injury, did you discover CrossFit and start using that as a physical outlet? So, kind of a funny story. I'll, my first introduction to CrossFit was when I was working on the motocross circuit, and so I was that sport. The main hub for it is in Southern California at the highest level. So I was living down in Southern California, and as you know, that's kind of where the origin of CrossFit started. Yeah, um, was yeah. in that same area. And so I heard this was back in 2007. And so I started to really hear about CrossFit as you know, it, it started to blow up during that time. But at that time, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people did, by the way. And the reason was, was a lot of the mentality around it in that there was no scaling really, at mm -hmm. least in that area and the gyms that I was experiencing. I was training MMA at that time for my own leisure. And so I was doing a lot of Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. And a lot of the guys that I was rolling with in Jiu Jitsu um, we're also doing CrossFit for their, for their, you know, supplement, uh, strength program. And they were constantly getting injured, right? Because it was, whether you'd been there for two years or whether you'd been there for two weeks, there was this idea you would come in, here's the workout, here's the weight. You just, whether you struggle with it or not, that's what you do. And you try to do it as hard, as fast as you can. And so I thought CrossFit was, was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard of just because of this mentality. And, um, and, and I, I was like, I want nothing to do with it. Fast forward to 2014 when my injury happened and I was looking for different uh, ways to train as an athlete in a wheelchair. Cause while I had a, a fundamental understanding of strength and conditioning programs, I didn't know anything about training in a wheelchair. So I'm looking for YouTube videos and whatnot. And that's when I found some wheel wad videos that Stouty had made some videos that Kevin Ogar had put on YouTube about doing CrossFit in a wheelchair. And, and that's when I was like, okay, this, and that's when I really started to learn more about it and, and the evolution of CrossFit and where it got that, you know, scaling had become a thing that had become more focused on just general health at whatever level you are and building to, to a, a higher level as you get into the gym 
um, you know, they, they really had adapted to fit the masses from where they started, um, in my opinion. And so that was my first real like introduction to CrossFit as far as understanding where they had come and, and how it was beneficial to everybody at that point, just from the, the methodology uh, involved. And so, and it, it changed my life, especially somebody in a wheelchair. Um, you know, I always explain to people because they're like, okay, well, CrossFit, I have this, this fundamental understanding of what CrossFit is, but how is that possible in a wheelchair? I always explain it and, you know, CrossFit is a lot of awkward movements. Life in a wheelchair is a lot of awkward movements. And so if you can build that same strength with those awkward movements, then it's just going to help in day-to-day life, especially living in a wheelchair. It was funny because I got into CrossFit about 10 months after my, my paralyzing accident. And it was interesting that as I, I really didn't know anybody else in a wheelchair, right? Um, and so as I got to know other people in, in my same situation, there was these natural conversations of just, you know, navigating daily life. And I would say, thing, you know, I do this or I do that. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? Like you, you can like just multiple times get in and out of your chair and get down on the ground and then get back in easily. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a normal thing. No. And because I found out I had this fundamental independence and strength that I had built through the CrossFit methodology that was allowing me more independence that these guys even understood was possible. And I didn't know any different because I had purely started with it as part of my recovery program. That's interesting. Now, talk about your evolution in utilizing CrossFit as uh, part of your recovery to becoming competitive in CrossFit. And you say, you seem like someone who gets bit by the sports bug pretty easily. So I I know that that, that competitor mentality, I can kind of see it churning in your head. When you talk about a lot of these different modalities you've competed in, talk about that transition where you're like, Hey, I actually want to be not only good at this, good enough to improve my quality of life, but I want to be good enough at this to be the best at this. Yeah. And they kind of went hand in hand, right? Because the one thing when I did have my accident and I was in the hospital at, at that point going through recovery and a lot of that was like mental acceptance, right? Mm. And that, okay, this is my situation. This is, this is the card the, the card that I've been dealt and I'm just going to have to like move on from that. The one thing that I did understand in, in, in knowing myself is that I have to have a competitive outlet. I have to have something to be able to put that focus into if I'm going to stay whole as an individual, if I don't, that's when this will overcome me rather than me overcoming it. So at that point, my real drive was in, in kind of like playing those steps in my head was, okay, there's a big uh, world of, of downhill mountain bike racing in the adaptive world. And that's what I'll get into. It's very similar to dirt bikes. It's very similar to motocross, but it's still different enough that it's, it's its own thing. And so that was my goal was I wanted to get into downhill mountain bike racing, but I understood that I had to, like I said, build my strength back up, build myself to be in a good spot before I tried to dive into something like that. And so that was kind of my motivation, kind of the carrot that I put in front of myself to really recover uh, well from this accident and, and proficiently was I'm going to get into this downhill mountain bike racing. So what can I do to strengthen myself? What can I do to build to build that um, conditioning program again. And so, like I said, that's when I started looking for videos. I found CrossFit. 
I was like, this is great because it's very similar to even how I used to train my athletes. Yeah. I'm just, I'm understanding and learning the movements through Wheelwad and Kevin and Stouty to uh, apply this to myself. But then, like I said, in the meantime, you know, it, even a downhill mountain bike, everything's expensive adaptive. So I was looking at having to save up to buy a, a 10, you know, $12,000 bike to be able to, to do this. And in the meantime, I was, you know, paying doctor's bills and hospital bills for my accident. So I was like, this is going to be a while down the road. And then, you know, there was the invitation to do that first open that Saudi was putting on. So like, well, in the meantime, I'll give this a try. And that's where those two coincided was doing that first open. I was like, oh, this is, this is where it's at. This is where. And so it really naturally like the, yes, there was a strong desire to, to recover and to rebuild myself. But it was always motivated. The motivation for myself was around a competitive outlet. Um, and that just shifted as I got into it. And then the, the happy bystander that I learned and understood was, you know, by competing in CrossFit and really training under this methodology, I was building myself to be more independent than, than most other people that I, had, that I had learned in a wheelchair. You know, which is it's common for any CrossFit athlete. You know, you, you get into CrossFit and you learn like, oh, you, you're not just fit but you're you're fitter uh for for natural function in life um that you can handle you know weird things you know you, you got to move so you're packing the house and you're carrying all this stuff out you know and your friends come over to help and those that don't do crossfit are dying and they're like you know man this is like really taking a toll on me and as somebody that does crossfit you're like yeah it's not that bad like i'm i'm built for this so that kind of same situation was what i was learning in just day-to-day -day life being in a wheelchair is that I was doing it to compete, but by doing this, I was having more independence and I had more functional um, strength than most people in my situation by doing CrossFit. We've been fortunate enough to have a number of adaptive athletes, actually some of the highest level, including yourself, uh, adaptive CrossFit athletes on this podcast. And it's given, I think, our listeners, it's, it's given me an interesting look into how a the sport has evolved in the adaptive divisions from kind of being very grassroots to getting some official recognition to expanding at the CrossFit games. Where do you, where would you like to see adaptive CrossFit and the adaptive divisions go in the coming three to five years? I just want to see whether it's competition or whether it's just doing CrossFit as a health benefit, you know, as part of your, your uh, health program individually for yourself. I just want to see it grow overall. I mm -hmm. think, you know, it's like rising tides raise all ships. And so I don't necessarily have to push people to compete. Mm -hmm. There will be those that naturally, as they get into CrossFit, want to compete. And that will, that will grow the depth of the competitive side. But if we just get more people involved, whether they just do CrossFit, like I said, as their, as their gym time versus going to a, a regular global gym um, and, and really embracing the methodology of what CrossFit can do for them, that's going to naturally grow the sport overall. And, and it's just going to change, like, you know, the CrossFit, the impact that CrossFit has had for so many people in a day-to-day -day life. You know, we, we've all heard that the multiple stories and how CrossFit changed people's lives who never compete, it's going to have that same impact. I, I think even more so for those in the adaptive community. Um, and, and, and the more people that will embrace that and, and uh, join the quote unquote cult per se, is just going to get more people involved, right? There's a, there's a level of excitement um, around CrossFit. 
And, and I believe that a lot of that, you know, yes, there's a, there's the community standpoint, but I think people, the reason that CrossFit becomes such a, such a focus for people in life is because when they've done it for so long, they see the impact, they see the change that it's had on their lives and how they feel mentally, emotionally, physically, and they just want to share that with others. And so that's where that kind of quote unquote cultish <laughs> atmosphere comes from. Um, and we see that the same with, with adaptive athletes. And so that's really my focus is just, you know, the more people we can get involved, it's going to raise everything from just the, the sport in general and, and from the com competition side, because there are, it, it's a very small pool at this point on the competitive side, when you, when you compare it, you know, comparatively to, to able body CrossFit and those elite athletes and comparative to other sports outside of it, you know, CrossFit is still a very small sport, but at the highest level, there is a, a segment of us that take it very seriously. And we train at a level that we're no less elite than the top games athletes. And I know for, for other people that don't understand that seems like a very bold statement, but I've trained with several high level games athletes and the volume that we put in, um, some of the, what we can, some of what we can endure, some of what we can physically do is no different. What we're capable of is at that elite level. And what we do to train is at that elite level. And so for me, I just want to see that grow so that there, so that people understand that, you know, we are doing some pretty crazy things physically and fitness wise and what we're capable of, um, is at that same level. And, and it's hard when a lot of people don't understand it to, to get that. And that's one of the reasons I have worked out with games athletes. Um, you know, I've spent some time with Justin Medeiros and with the underdog, at, 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 uh, athletics athletes and, you know, when they see it, they're like, oh, okay. Like, wow. And yeah, so I just, I guess I want to see that respect level grow for the sport, but it's just going to take time um, because there's a, there's an education uh, aspect that comes involved with that, that is hard when you don't have people tuned into it. You know, there's a lot of people that are tuned into CrossFit, but that doesn't mean they're tuned into what's going on in adaptive CrossFit. And um, that's just that hurdle that we have to continue to push to overcome. Where is the best place for people to follow along with you, not only as an athlete, but as a coach and ambassador to the sport? Um, really the best as far as just getting that knowledge is, is my Instagram. My Instagram is dedicated to education, motivation, and inspiration. That's all solely built around CrossFit. Um, so that I, I post, I try to post as many workouts, but not only posting the workouts, but breaking down a lot of times, like the understand of what it feels like, what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to accomplish, um, just to, to continue that education. Um, and, and, you know, and then the inspiration side a lot, um, I love going into a gym and, and working out with able body athletes, you know, and they look at the workout and they're like, Oh man, we're doing squats again. You know, my legs are so trashed from the volume that we've done this week. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that must be nice. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, w I wish I could feel that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but at the same time, understanding like, well, you know, you've done a lot of legs this week, but you still done upper body too. Like I've just been doing upper body. So I feel you. Um, and then some, <laughs> and, and that's, you know, I make those jokes one to have a good time and, and lighten the mood. So people don't feel uncomfortable with me around the chair, but at the same time, it's, there's perspective to that. Right. And that, you know, you, 
when I, when I do work out in uh, boxes, um, the owners and the coaches always love it. Right. Cause they've got that person that comes in and goes, well, I can't do this or I can't do that. So, you know, CrossFit, I don't know that it's really for me cause I have this old knee injury or whatever. And they'll point, you know, to me in a wheelchair and they're like, well, he can do it. So there's a way like we, we can work around this and they really have no excuses to, to try and combat those coaches or those owners in those situations. And it gives them an outlet. Um, the other side of that too, is that when they do have a, somebody that's in CrossFit and they want to suspend their membership or whatever, because I've tweaked my knee or, you know, my, my ankle's not quite right. Or, or so I got something going on with my wrist, you know, they now have an outlet outlet, not only for adaptive athletes, but for these able body athletes that may have a temporary injury to go, no, we can work around this. Um, and working around it will not only allow you to, to keep some level of fitness, but allow you to heal faster because you're keeping that blood circulation going. And yeah. there's an understanding for that now because of adaptive CrossFit that people didn't really know. They just thought, well, I gotta, I gotta take a pause, um, and step away from this for a while. And, and so that's, that's like the worst thing ever because sometimes they never come back. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you, when you have these, that education and that understanding to go, we can work around this, um, it's better for everybody. Amazing. Chad, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing a little bit about your journey uh, and and goals in CrossFit and beyond. Um, And I, I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. 